0: <laughs> I'm,
1: gonna, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start right now. Just hold on.
0: but a more civilized eh? day, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. And gentlemen. Oh. I'm hearing lots of my own self tonight, kids. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an Elegant Weapon episode 373. My name is J.J.M. Clark, J. the Jedi, Ross, Ross Jedi, J. the Wandering Jedi, and it's so wonderful to have you all here with me in the Smoking Pod Studio. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we've got one hell of a roundtable here. We're going to be discussing writing and editing to very very important components to the comic book creation process uh thought i'd get together a couple of the usual clowns and one brand new beauty returning to the show ladies and gentlemen i'm not writer. brand new
2: i'm not brand new <laughs> uh
0: that's dirk Mannin chirping in there uh if you're live on the facebook you can see his beautiful face if you're not live uh trust me he's he's looking all right Uh, we we've also got returning to the show once again ladies and gentlemen writer extraordinaire mr bob sally hello bob how you doing i'm wonderful it's good to see you again this is like your third appearance on the show in like a month man
1: yeah well you know we're busy and we and and i like talking to you it's almost like
2: you have a book coming out or something
1: Yeah, you'd think, eh? You'd think you have a whole bunch of shit going on
0: Uh, We're going to touch on that at some point because uh, there's some really, really cool stuff going on uh, out there Um, But we're going to start the show with a little bit of a tidbit I was just about to learn some information just before the show started Dirk was about to tell us the story of uh, Joe's Kansas City t-shirt that Mr. Robert Sally here is sporting Uh Dirk, tell us all about it, man
2: well, yeah, yeah, I, I was, you know, before we came on the air, I was tickled that Bob was was wearing the Started, uh, Dirk the was about
0: to tell barbecue. Sorry, go on. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I was like hearing, now I was hearing voices. No, there's this Stop. weird thing, kids, and I still haven't figured this out. And people have known that this has been the blip since I started Zoom. When Facebook is open and I hit click to expand so I can watch the comments, I can hear, you can hear the video come through. Which I still can't figure why, even if I stop sharing the computer sound. So I apologize, kids. That's what that little blip was that threw no, Dirk I, right off track.
2: I, I, I thought I was, like, hearing, like, voices or something. I was like, Oh, yeah. my
0: God. I didn't even finish the introductions, Jesus Oh, my God. Yeah, she's sitting over there That's like. Disgusting. Uh, finally, coming <laughs> here. Oh, uh, well, actually, no. Uh, didn't. You've no. never been on the show yet. We haven't done anything yet. Jesus well, we Christ! We
3: scheduled, but it happened with Blackout Tuesday, so we were like, "It's best just to reschedule."
0: Right, ladies and gentlemen, editor extraordinaire, Miss Drina Joe. Welcome to the show, Drina. Woo! Um, yeah. Tell we're so at home that, that
1: Jay just assumed, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well,
1: you know what it is. It's like basically instead of saying she needs no introduction. Literally, you no know, you know, the, wor- the, the worst part is Jay. You're willing to put the shirt over,
2: over our editor.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Just ridiculous. I'm not used to having so many damn people on the show. It's usually a one-on-one uh, situation here. Oh no! But There's now I'm getting the whole, uh, whole three. Yeah, we're doing the whole Brady Bunch thing today. It's pretty yeah. cool, right? It's gonna be a wild. Um, I look ride down at Bob for a sec. Hi, Bob. Um, <laughs> So tell us this damn T-shirt story yeah. so we can get on with it.
2: No, no, no. I was, I was tickled Bob was wearing this shirt because, of, well, Bob, you were actually starting the story before we talked, so you can, why don't you get us started so, on yeah. the so,
1: magnificence uh, of that shirt. What? Planet, Planet Comic Con? Mm-hmm. Right. Planet Comic Con, Kansas City. Um, I am a Kansas City Chiefs fan, but I don't typically wear jerseys or anything, like, too flashy, too, uh, you know, too you know, put my affiliation with uh, that uh, fandom. But uh, that aside, you know, we, we go, we're, we're at Planet Comic Con and as you know, if you've ever been to Kansas City, they have amazing food. So Dirk is like, well, first night, we're going to go to this gas station to get barbecue. And so it's me, Travis McIntyre. Uh, no, no, Travis, Travis there. There was It was, uh, it was David, Levi. Uh, David Hayes. David Hayes, Levi. And, uh, uh, Devin? his brother yeah levi levi was there and uh so we all go out to get to this gas station this, this gas station where joe's kansas city barbecue had like this little uh this little area inside the gas station
2: and you got to understand you know when you're at a con all day and i'm talking to these guys up i said i got this place we're gonna go first night. It's gonna be amazing it's gonna be amazing yeah we and pull up to a, a gas station i go we are go to a gas station yeah and they're just right. like what and, and, and I was like
1: there is a line out the door and around red the, building red building the building to get into yeah, to get into this place. So uh, you know, we get there and I think somebody was like, Oh, it's gonna take, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And again, like what Dirk said, like when you're leaving a con, you're like, I wanna eat something now. Like I'll go to freaking IHOP as long as it's putting something in me now. But he's like, No, 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 we gotta wait, we gotta wait, we're gonna you know. So we wait and we go in there. Now hold on, hold
2: on. We're in line. We were in line and there's like a, I think like a Mexican restaurant or something like that. Right oh, there. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. There's a Mexican uh, restaurant across the street where nobody is. Nobody. There's nobody there. And I'm legit, like, I'm leaving this place. I'm going <laughs> across the street. To get tacos and it looks like a nice place <laughs> so he keeps me in the line No, I, yeah yeah like, we in, the yeah, in line. No leave, there's no leaving there's no leaving this and uh, if anybody's ever been around me when i'm angry like it's not pretty uh so finally we get in there and and it's not even the night that i buy the shirt because the point of this story is right. this was we were going to go to different places <laughs> we sit down and we eat this barbecue at this gas station and it's so good. And the next day we're talking about like, well, where are we going to go eat? And the three of us say to Dirk, we're like, like we're, we want to go back to Joe's. We want to go back to that. We went there all three nights that we were yes. there. Yep. We went to Joe's and the third night that we were there, I'm looking, I'm looking at their shirts and I'm like, I gotta, like I got to walk away with a shirt and I'm thinking, I'm like, I love this place and this can be my Kansas city chief, sunday well you were know, you were you were
2: him all of it first because you were, were kind of like i don't want to like you know like i'm a big chiefs fan and i don't want to rep the place and i said if yeah. you don't get a shirt you're gonna regret it
1: yeah so you to, like,
2: uh, you to, like you to, like touch one of the shirts like oh yeah
1: so, finally, so yeah so anyway she had to bring down there was there was probably like five different shirts <laughs> and i was like and of course they're not gonna let you put it on but if you're buying a shirt these shirts were 25 dollars a t-shirt 25 dollars So, I mean, I'm inspecting these shirts, like I'm feeling the quality, I'm doing everything I can without being able to actually put the shirt on and look at yourself in the mirror. Uh, And finally, I was like, screw it, I bought it. And this is my Kansas City Chiefs Dirk Manning shirt. It makes you look good. Um, And
2: and the food at Joe's, it's like when you see eat at Joe's, this is Joe's, like 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 President Obama ate there, like it's it's legit, we're not making this up, it's a legit gas station.
1: It is, And station. the inside's
2: like a carryout, but then half of the carryout is a restaurant. And right. uh, yeah. they, they they literally, like, there's always a line to get in. And when you're done eating, the, the waiter or waitress is right there. They, like, have, like, people circling, like, all right, you're done, out. Right. Because the line's always so long to get in there.
1: And, uh, oh, it's so good, though, man. If you're ever in Kansas City, and if anybody that was working at Joe's, God. if you guys would like to figure out a way to, uh, you know, Use us, use our platform as I a, better get a sponsor advertising. Better. We yeah, don't need know, money, just ship
2: us your ribs. Joe's should Joe's and, and Source Point should do a sponsorship. Like, we have like the comics, like, people are like eating at Joe's. Like, well, yeah,
1: well, we're tagging Joe's when this is over. We're
0: tagging. Oh my god, now yeah, Bob, so your explanation is a good place to start because your telling of that story is a very good reason why editors exist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. chop that shit up, because I'm sure when you write, that much comes out at first. And then all he, it does. Yeah. Up, right? We didn't so, even talk
3: about um, the food. Uh,
0: uh, about the let's food? get into the food later. That's not why people tuned in to hear about your goddamn ribs, okay? Oh no, the burnt ends. The ribs are good, but the burnt ends are... Um, we were chatting, all of us, the other day. Uh, the last, ta- a few, last few times that Dirk and Bob were on the show, You guys could not help but wax poetic about the importance of having an editor on your comic book. You guys could just not get off the goddamn subject. (laughs) So here we are specifically discussing the subject along with uh, a pro in the subject, Miss Trina Joe. Oh, wow. I kind of rhymed that out. Did you catch that? That's pretty good. I did. (laughs) Oh, you didn't even know it. I'd love to get to the point where just everything I say on this show is in rhyme. (laughs) Let's get to the point that'd be fantastic (laughs) (laughs) ah so the importance of an editor we have discussed it in great length and detail on this show in the past yet i still see a lot of people not using one and i understand that it could come down to the simple brass taxes of financial economic situations Um, you know, because that's not something easily and readily available to those just starting out. So if you're in a situation where you're just starting out, you have nothing published yet, um, but you are of the mind that you know you need an editor, what do you recommend people do? What do you recommend people like go from in the beginning when they don't even know an editor? They don't really know comic peeps, you know, they're just really starting out. How does
1: that work? Well, I mean, I think that's actually probably the reason why most people don't find an editor because how can you, if you're starting out um, and I don't know, Dreena might be able to attest to this. Like if you're like, just like when you're starting out and you're looking for an artist, if you're looking for anything, it's like, nobody really knows what you've done in the past. Nobody knows, you know, how far you're willing to take it. Uh, I had, I had trouble finding artists because they were like, I don't know if this is going to be one and then you're going to give up doing it. And so I think for an editor, you know, it's really the onus is on the writer to be like, I'm gonna go out there and like really try to find somebody that you know whether I like their writing or you know they have a way to be able to, like, you know a list of like these are the things I edited and you can read it. Um, I don't really know how it works. Uh, the editing jobs I've picked up, it's just people on Facebook uh, talking to me and asking me if uh, you know if I would take a look at their work and consider editing it, but. When I started off, like, I just, I didn't even really understand the importance of it because I was thinking, like, I didn't even really think maybe that it existed uh, until, you know, joining SourcePoint Press and going through things and, and realizing, like, you know, when you get to a different level, you're like, I want to make sure that I'm taking care of it and I want to make sure that uh, the my blinders, somebody else is looking at the things that my blinders are missing, uh, which, you know, Drina has been amazing at, you know, like, I just put in two new pages to Broken Gargoyle's number three uh, because Drina's reading the script and she's like, I think we need to put another scene in between this. And when she said that and I looked at it, I was like, you're absolutely right. So trying to find an editor, I think in the beginning would just be, it's hard because yeah, you can go on Facebook and you can say, I'm looking for an editor for this project, but um, Drina might be able to answer this. How does an editor, you know, uh, audition or you know interview for a job like how can an editor say well this is why i'd be good for your job and also how do you get
0: Drina like you can answer along with this but how do you get to be an editor like like where do you have the confidence to judge other people's work you know what i mean like how where does that come from that you feel you are knowledgeable and have enough experience working on this kind of stuff when do you get to the point where you're like yeah you know what i can do this and i know what i'm talking about
3: Well, honestly, it kind of just fell into my lap, and I hate to say that because I know a lot of people work hard to get to that position, but it honestly just fell into my lap, but um, I don't really ever audition because I don't put myself out there. I'm not comfortable doing that, so I get work from word of mouth, like Dirk introducing me to Bob, and... You know Bob introducing me to Becca kind of thing you know it's like that's how it's been uh, basically for me so I don't know how I would go about auditioning for that
0: like what's your background that uh, makes you a good editor like do you have a background in English and literature or writing or did you just did you just pick something apart one day with a red pen and be like I'm pretty pretty good at like pretty good at this yeah
3: Um, I was given the I was given a screenplay for a comic book movie of a character that I had been reading for a long time and rather than oh this is just because you're a big fan girl you know I actually like thought oh they're wanting me to look this over and tell them what's wrong with it (laughs) so I did and I was like you can't put this here because you know this doesn't make any sense and why is this act in the second part when it should have been in the third part you know.
0: So you've just always kind of had a knack for story structure and
3: well, you know, know I've, I've been reading clear comic plot lines for forty-three, almost forty-four years. Right. So we, uh, you know, I if something didn't look right or if it didn't make any sense or if the continuity wasn't right, I would bring it up at a comic con. And over the years, and there's been many, many years of comic con going, <laughs> um, I would meet the writers of the cons, of, of the comics that I really liked. And then um, I found that I really enjoyed certain editors' work more than other editors' work, if that makes sense. Like, I was more drawn to who was editing the comic versus who was writing it. Right.
1: That's pretty cool. And, I don't think many people would think like that, to like, it's, it's, it's rare.
3: And then I became friends. So I would seek out those editors and one of them being Denny O'Neill, another being Mike Carlin, and I would develop friendships with them. And, you know, it, it helped a lot <laughs> to
0: like, Yeah, I'm sure you know. those are the types of, of, of helpful yeah. names. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Dirk, when, yeah. when do you decide <clears throat> editing's probably a good idea? Have you <laughs> always used an editor in your career or? I, I did not. It's like
2: Bob said, um, you know, when you're getting started, you're just kind of doing your own thing. And, and there's a lot of factors that go, go into it. One was money. Um, one was just lack of availability. You know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm the, the old guard here that, you know, back in the early 2000s when I was doing Nightmare World, I was posting, um, <clears throat> I was posting, you know, links to Nightmare World every week up on like message boards and, and stuff like that, you know, and there really just wasn't a lot of freelance editors out there. So when Nightmare World went to print at Image Comics was the first time I worked with an editor. And, uh, and she, was, she was solid, you know, I mean, she was good. Um, but at that point, because Nightmare World was pretty much done, it was just like, oh, here's the thing here, here's the thing here. Like, basically, it was really technical editing, you know, like, oh, there's a typo in this script or, you know, an error in the lettering, which probably came from the script. You know, I'm not throwing my letter under the bus. That was on me. So then when it got to the point from there, um, the first editor I worked with was a peer of mine and Bob, you know, and and you guys brought up the conversation earlier about where do you find editors then? And I've talked about this a little bit in right or wrong. Uh, Go to your local college, go to like your writing lab you know, or something like that. Or if you have, if you're still in touch with, like, I think I have more writers out there are in touch with one of their old English professors or English teachers, talk to them, you know, and see if you can do, you know, offer them a little bit of money or get them a gift card or something to a restaurant, you know, Mm -hmm. at least just to like spell check your stuff. You know, what Bob and Dreena were talking about earlier in regards to like story structure and, and things like that. I think that's a higher, a higher level. And that's when you want someone, I think that's a little bit more professionally established but when i was getting started for me it was just technical lending you know nightmare world was my first series it was pretty tight um oh i told one lie on accident i apologize early on when i was self-publishing nightmare world i uh was doing comic book journalism as well and i interviewed an editor at a major publisher and he knew of my work and he said hey if you ever want to show me a script you know um you know, I'd love to see it, you know, for the Nightmare World scripts. It wasn't published yet. And I showed him a script. Uh, it was for the story, not for you, for Nightmare World. It was a fairy story. And uh, he was a good editor. He he destroyed it. I mean, he ripped it apart, put it, asked me questions on basically every choice I made in the story. And um, it's funny because it was such a, it was such a, it was such a foundational experience. Like I almost forget about it now again, just talking about it. And I always kept the notes right here in my desk for years, just looking at it. But he's like, why are you doing it this way? Why are you, doing, why are you married to this form if you don't need it? It's a comic book. You can do this, do this, blah, 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 you know, but that opened my eyes to it. But it wasn't until years later that I actually started getting to the point where, where financially and everything else that I could start to bring in someone. And, uh, and honestly. I think most writers and Bob you can tell me if you agree or disagree with this. I think a lot of young writers in terms of tenure don't like to work with editors because they don't want someone to tell them what to do and what to change.
0: It's the worst possible attitude you can come into this with though. Like But I mean am I wrong? I mean am line, I, I out of line Bob do you think? Or I mean
2: is
1: uh, that? I mean like even like when uh the first time I worked with Travis on Ogre uh you know he he pushed back like you know and it was it's basically like like you said, somebody not necessarily saying that your decision's wrong right. in a choice that your character's taken, but uh, you, like somebody saying like, you know, why why did you choose that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at that moment, it's like, are you gonna get defensive? Like if that person's not really telling you that it's, a you know, if they're just being kind of ambiguous about it and just asking you a question, um, you know, there was, I remember like when Travis would say something, I immediately be like, what? Like what's wrong? Like, and he would just be like, I'm, you know, I'm just a- Like, I'm I'm just asking. Yeah, it's just it's a question, right? Right. right. And uh, and I think because Travis and I had the friendship that we have and all that, like it's it it actually was I think a big thing for me because it's basically taking working with somebody that you are friends with that you do kind of want to be able to be like you know get out, of here, get out of here, shut up, you know, but uh, also having the respect for Travis that I had. Um, as a, as a, you know, a comic book, you know, brain, you know, I knew. I'm like, I like anything that he said to me that like I might have questioned at the moment. I wouldn't say anything. I would just kind of sit back and like breathe it in, and then in the end, I usually was like, "He's right," you know, like that's that's a great yeah. choice. Do you and- think that's
0: sorry? Do you think that's why editors and not editing yet? Like because we're working on it. It's half the reason we're doing this episode. But there's a certain air of. Uh, you know, knowledge and nobility around the position. There's something intimidating
1: about an editor,
0: you know, it's uh, like kind of what you like-, like people are scared to have somebody pushing back on them. I mean, I think
1: anybody, because anybody who's a writer, you're, you're putting your heart and soul into something, a script, uh, exactly. whatever you're writing. And then to have somebody come through it and, you know, to, to take it apart, or say like, you know, this, you know, this isn't a good decision or you should change this. Or, you know, you're basically telling somebody like what you did was wrong or didn't work. And this is, this is how, and so it's, you know, Drina will probably tell you like, you know, probably don't want to say that. You want to be more encouraging and being like, I think what you, what would work better is doing this. Like, so it's all about how you choose your words. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, also when, when you're talking to an editor, um, I think you get like a certain set, like, the, like that editor, if they're, co- like, if they're a good editor, you know that they're confident that they're a good editor. And they- Kind you know, of have to be though, right? Kind of like, it kind of, like you get it. Like when I, I met it. Drina, like Drina didn't have to sell herself to me. Like I already knew, I, like you could just tell talking to her that she was confident in her craft. And that made me confident to put it in her hands
2: yeah well it, and i think you hit on a couple of good things there bob one is you you have to be willing to respect the fact that you're going to let someone else's lens look look at the book through someone else's lens but then the other thing is there's got to be that level of trust there you know uh aside from the editor i that you know that kind of did me a freebie on one of my short stories the first editor i worked with in a hands-on capacity was leah letterman who's gone on to do like cafe macabre and stuff like that and and leah yeah leah leah's excellent and a a very deep but uh, along with being an excellent editor she's also a dear friend of mine and i respected her a lot as a writer as well and i was friends with her first and i'm like okay i'm doing this series tales of mystery would you be willing to look at this for me and you know just it was kind of like that give me your insight on this you know i'm just i'm just asking you know but you got to have that level of, of trust there you know which is is crucial uh, because otherwise you're just gonna kick back on what everybody says and you're right you're when you're writing you're bleeding on the page and you're also doing the absolute best you can do at that time so to take the best thing you're doing and then hand it off to someone else and say okay tell me what you think there's a lot of people that once they hear one negative comment oh they don't know what they're talking about or "No, no no it should be this way you know and that that defensiveness i'm sure that neither of us are are never like that with (laughs) drena
0: so Drina, um i got two questions for you i got a question of my own and actually there's a question for you in the comments here we shall ask you mine first when you're and i know this especially with you bob um you went through a lot of the imposter syndrome feeling when you're starting out uh trying to be a writer or an artist then i fully you know connect with that especially as a podcaster who's only ever just talked about comics that's changing, but anyways um uh is that feeling almost intensified when you're coming up as an editor because of the pressure of the fact you're working on other people's work like that's that I think would be pretty intimidating to gain the confidence to the point where you are willing to you know be like creative I, on other people's creativity right
3: I feel very. It's a lot of pressure because you, I feel like the blame will always fall on the shoulders of the editor. Like if something gets by, if there's a typo or continuity issue or something. Um, But you can ask Bob and Dirk, I expect to see every step of the comic book. So I end up reading each script about eight or nine times before I'm done with it. And I go through the art, I I go through, all of it to make sure that it looks as good as it can possibly look and then the, there's still something will slip by every time
0: right right uh hannah mika Gabriel. I'm oh. saying that right yes uh gino what made you want to work with bob
3: oh well it's the way he approaches it he says what is it that you like to say to me other than hey
1: are you awake? Oh, when I try to get you like when I try to get you like I'm like yeah, I mean like yeah I mean like because you're on you're over in California, so you know, <laughs> it's not, well in in the West Coast yeah. And, uh, so usually I'm just, you know I'll be like are you awake or like, <laughs> you know, like hey you
3: he'll and say he'll be like nine and then, o'clock and then he'll or he'll say just think of it this way and then he'll like yeah. you know yeah. try and something to me. And I think it's nine out of 10 times. I'm like, yeah, I like it. I like it. Let's do it. Now,
0: Drina, you've done a lot of wonderful work, a lot of work I've read and I've loved. And um, it's evident that, you know, you know what you're doing. And in the example with Dirk, Dirk has a certain amount of time uh, having learned how to write to a certain extent. Bob, a little bit less so. In reading salvagers and then ogres and everything he's done and you see this vast crazy improvement of course like i think bob you're one of the you know the fastest improving writers <clears throat> that's out there but broken gargoyles broken, broken gargoyles is so special in so many ways and i think one of the ways that it's so special is it it's a shining example of the editing process having taken bob from those really heavy salvager word balloons you know bob likes to put words on the page through this transition of ogres and then into broken gargoyles it feels like this sense of control and balance that i know is is a perfect combination of bob's experience kicking in and your editing skills To me, "Broken Gargoyles" is a is a is a perfect example of what editing can do. So, you know, talk a little bit about the dynamic there because you just mentioned why you you know what made you want to work with him. Did you guys feel something special was happening as you were creating this, Bob? Did you feel like you were taking the leap that you were taking because this is a huge step forward for you?
2: Can I wait? Are we allowed to go into like the deep secret history of this book all the way back to the gestation? Oh, no,
1: no, <laughs> no! Don't pull the curtain over. No, no, nothing bad, nothing no, bad. No, no. Well, so the, so the first time that you and I were face to face talking about this was at that at New York Comic Con,
3: yeah.
1: and uh, I went over to Dirk's table, and I was <laughs> like, I need to borrow her. I'm t- taking her out to lunch, and yeah. Dirk gave you that quiet.
3: I meet her in an hour. She's got an hour. hour,
1: you know, got, got an hour. like a dad telling you when you got to bring your date back. So uh, <laughs> we, we sat at that place. We sat at that place and uh, I had the script out and like there was very little art. It was mostly concept art. And we talked about the project and I mean, not just talking about like the project or the, the first issue that we were doing um, or, you know, it was like the VAT, like, the vastness like the whole thing which is now going to be like covering you know three different chapters and you know talking about how we were going to market it was it going to be single issues were we going to break it into different volumes like but it was uh but it was great not just talking about the project but like sitting there I mean anybody that's listening right now or watching right now that's in comics like you know how real it is that you work with somebody that you may never be in the same room with. And to be able to like sit down with somebody that you're working with, whether it's an artist, an editor, a colorist, you know, it's just, there's something special about that. And going to a convention and, cause when I started, like I was doing, I was paying my creative team. One lived in California, the other one lived in France. And like, we just, were never gonna be together. So it was me by myself. And then I remember like the first time I was in um, Wyoming with Chris Jevonah, And it was the first time that I ever sat with my artist on a project. And we were like, yo, we're gonna sell out because we're gonna tell people you can get this signed by the writer and the artist. And I think they actually did worse. You know, like, like it was, like it just, it's not even like, so if you're thinking like that that's gonna make it better, it's usually not. But for yourself, it's just so awesome to talk to somebody that you're working with on a project face to face. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and it was just awesome to sit with you and like discuss it. And you showed your excitement for it. And I think when you do these things like you, when you work with somebody who's just collecting a paycheck and you're working with somebody who's like 100% in and loves the project and feels like they own it, it's just so much more special. So I got that from sitting with you Right away, I could feel like how excited you were about it. And that fueled me. All right. Makes
0: sense. All right. We got some uh, comments and questions here. Austin McKinley says he apologizes for all the continuity errors you're about to find in his work. Austin
2: Uh, Austin is four pages away from completing the illustrations on Tales of Mystery, Volume 5. Exciting. It is, how many pages is it? It's 120? Okay. We we cut loose. But we'll, we'll, yeah. But but Drina will be very good at making sure, like, oh, she has gloves on in this panel, but not this one. Things like that, you
3: know. Austin, I just want to give you... You know, I, I correct you with love. I'll just say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, Leonard Pig. Leonard Pig. as Leonard. In, As indie creators, are you emboldened by the recent layoffs at DC?
3: Oh. This is Adrena Go ahead. That's all. So, yeah. I think it's horrible what happened over there. And I don't think anybody should be taking any glee out of it at all, honestly. I've been seeing things coming out saying, oh, you know, oh this is great this is fantastic it's not it's horrible and they they and marvel paved the way for indie comics so you know yeah
0: you know it's a horrible thing i understand why it happened uh i don't want to get too into it because that's off the editing writing topic but um it's kind of inevitability you know basically they got new owners and the new owners were like look at the look at everything we you know it wasn't just dc it was absolutely everything owned by warner in any possible way they were like audit this stuff is it worth it is it making money and when they just looked at the straight up numbers they at the books are yeah. what literally kind of like the, the, the yeah. financial books yeah and you know things just weren't jiving it's a different time uh but we'll have another talk about that another time that's been coming up a lot actually uh yeah, yeah. I I mean, do one, thing, one thing though about that yeah
2: about that though about when this ties into writing i think a lot of people get the impression that what happened in DC is gonna make it a lot easier for a lot of independent writers, uh, writers of independent books and creator-owned books. Because I think a lot of people that have the impression that it's a contest and so there's no source point books that are competing against DC. There's right. nothing I write that competes against anyone but myself. And that's how you have to look at it. It's not like oh, because Bob's book didn't do well, or that I'm going to do better, or because my book doesn't do well, Bob's book's going to do better. It's or all
0: art. It's that, all that being not, assumed, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. There,
2: there's there's plenty for everybody, you know. Let's. Yeah. It, it it infuriates me that that we become a culture where people are so gleeful to jump on any perception of weakness and just exploit it
0: well you know what's going to happen is every single person who left dc is going to get together with a couple of other people who left dc and they're going to start their own publishing houses what the hell else are they going to do they make their comic creators they're going to keep making comics even if it's not for dc right but let's not get too far into that yeah yep. let's save that for another chat we can have it soon
3: uh paul <laughs> oh,
0: you're the
1: best podcaster the <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you, don't just let, you don't you you don't let the inmates take over
0: you got to keep things rolling the wonderfully talented mr paul limyanko hey everybody do you Drina or other editors i think you kind of answered this earlier do you Drina or other editors stick only to the writing or can they make suggestions for the art coloring, letter cover, et cetera. I, uh, you said earlier before, yeah, for Broken Gargoyles, you're over, you were all over every all aspect.
3: all
1: over. Yeah. Every before
3: thing. I even sign with a client, I tell them this is my expectations. And the actual most important thing is that I get final eyes on that comic because I am so meticulous, as Bob likes to say. You're so pissed but, right now. Right, but, right.
1: You're just thinking about the lettering on Broken Gargoyles too. I, I felt know I a little twitch of like. <laughs> <laughs> well, like even even with Haunted Hyons Volume Two, like uh
2: Drina, I I would joke and say she wouldn't edit it unless that's not true. But you actually had a hand in a creation of a of a character in the book. Yeah. You know, of a. That's taking duck.
0: it to the next level. Okay, look, you know what? Yeah. I'm just gonna
1: redo all of this. Okay.
0: no well, I was was
1: Drina, like, so, when a page is done kid. before it's colored, I show it to Drina, right? And we talk about it in case we need to go back to Stan and be like, This needs to be changed, that needs to be changed. And then, when it's colored, bring it back to Drina again, right? Every step. look over it, and uh, so she is a meticulous editor and again That's like what you want though you want yeah, part exactly. of the team somebody who's and gonna like I like, was talking about or, earlier you know? uh you have to let go of that ego you have to let go of like being like i am the all-powerful oz and i know everything like you hire a color, like you hire an artist like do you like if you're sitting there and an the artist is like well i think this might work better or if you have like these listen nerds, to them one, <laughs> panels, one page like, you're not, you're not trusting your artist to do what they want and to do. And they could make it better if you, you know, let them know, like, this is what I want. Like, let, give them the freedom. Right. So with an editor, you should be the same way where you should be like, I trust that this person is going to look at my work and do their job.
0: Yeah.
3: And Make it at,
0: better. Every player in a play, whether they need to say them or not, should know all the lines. Yeah. so right because I if you worked. know the whole play you know your part in that play right it's in the in the more detailed and intimate you can kind of get there just want to say eric norman uh he says what a dream job i wish i would have pursued working in comics no reason you still can't no re- <laughs> get, get re- still can't go start do it absolutely do it right now uh what did pat Cool. Pat Kawala says, "DC, DC layoffs and reduced output do not mean more money for indie books. You have to. Hu- That's a topic for another time, Pat. That's another <laughs> uh, uh, podcast. Not on the topic, I but... my viewers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Can I say laughs> Makes it easy.
0: Uh, Eric also says haunted high uh, haunted ons is my fave. Good. Uh so that is very cool." But yeah, I think... Gina's down there
2: stewing. You better, you better let her say what she's got to say because she's going to pop, man.
3: Oh, not- no. Pop give her, open. Give her, give her
2: let us- We're all looking preach,
3: at you. Preach, Gina, or- I mean, you have to really... Yeah. Every artist or every writer is a little different. Like, I work with Garrett on a comic that I'm really excited about called "Call The Raven's Home. Ooh. And he gives zero art direction to his teams and lets them create the world. And it's It was hard for me to be like what no you you can't do that that's not gonna work and it worked beautifully actually it worked very well and he would like say calm down just see how it works (laughs) and then I had to I learned from Garrett on how to not be so uptight about it and so I'm I've enjoyed that too so
0: I guess it's a learning process as far as personalities, right? Everybody you work with yeah. is going to be different in how they approach the situation. So you get, sometimes you need more patience. Sometimes people are like, "Meh," so
1: laid back. Right. You kind of, you did that a lot with
0: ogres, didn't you, Bob? Like you're pretty much like, here you go, Sean, here's what well, Sean in, in
1: the ogres, the, the second half of ogres, I was going through some major life changes and we were halfway through, like we were, we were, we were halfway going through the book And, uh, you know, I'm not gonna get into my personal issues, but working with Sean, again, was a perfect example, is a perfect example of trusting your uh, artist. And also the fact that Sean is an amazing writer in his own right. Um, I had the outline done and I basically like asked him, I was like, can you finish this? Like, so he basically did the last two chapters of Ogre with just my outline, but he was able to take my outline and break it down into pages. So... Um, ogre or Ogres? Ogres, sorry, Ogres. Okay. And uh, so, you know, that was that was just um, a truly an amazing moment for me that being like where we were in the world and where I was in my life, Sean was able to like really pick up my, like where, where I was lacking and he took over. And that's the type of, he like i he made the story better, and he car- like he carried the weight there, so again, there was like there was absolutely no ego like he was like, you know, if I do this, is it okay if I put my name as co-writer and I was like, absolutely, um because working with him and just like working with him in ogre like work- collaborating and trusting the people that you're working with and not being like so um married to your own ideas and be able to willing to willing to say like you know that's a better route to take yeah yeah. it's all about making the story better
0: yeah
1: and in the the big picture like making the story better making a source point press book better is where everybody wins so you know like Dirk was saying like he's only competing against himself uh anybody that's sitting there like wishing bad on any comic book is a disservice to themselves because if one person picks up a bad comic book and that's like a kid and he's picking up a bad comic book and he's like, you know what, comics suck. I'm never reading yeah. a comic book for the rest of my life. Right. If that comic's good, and then he's like, you know what, I'm gonna start reading this. And then he's like, yeah, I'm gonna try something different. I'm gonna try this indie thing. Yeah, and they read yeah. an indie comic book. And if that indie comic book sucks, he's gonna be like, I'm gonna stick with the main two. Right. So we all need to like, we don't compete against each other. like. Dirk, you say it. Say your line. The what? You know what which did,
0: one? Which Good one? how do you just? That's like asking right. like a Smurf to Smurf you I, something. Right, like, right. No, no. Well, you know, it, it's rising a high, tide. Oh, the, oh. right, or oh, that one. Yeah, no,
2: the, you know, the high tide oh, yeah, raises oh. all boats. It raises all boats. But you know, it, it's funny because I even think back, you know, with Broken Gargoyles, when you and I first talked about it. And this is an interesting thing again this is i'm gonna pull back the curtain gently jay uh when travis because you worked with travis real closely on ogre right
1: ogres he did ogres as well
2: okay he did ogres as well. well i know he did with ogre and maybe, maybe this was after ogres because travis got old and said, hey bob's got this idea for this new book and and i want him to talk to someone about it and i remember you and i got on the phone because how originally what was it like 10
1: issues? It was like 12.
2: 12, 10 or 12? Okay, yeah. And um you and I trust each other enough and, and that we were able to talk about it and just riff ideas. And when you first told me the idea for broken gargirls, I was like, dude, this is this is money. I knew, I knew that it was gonna be really, really good. But you and I, even as creatives, got to riff on it. And my point to this being. It's when Travis called me and said, "Hey, you know, Bob wants someone to kind of just talk to about the story." And he goes, "You know, and and he's like, Dirk, you know, you you write in a certain way, and you and Bob can talk about it." That wasn't a situation for for me of anything but but honor and and pride that I could talk to my friend, who's another really good creator. Ogre really helped put Sourcepoint on the map. That's one of the books that really took Sourcepoint to the next level. And what we ended up talking about was. Because, yeah, I think it was like 11 or 12 issues of Broken Gargoyles. And I remember telling you, I said, Bob, you you just did this three-issue arc with Ogre. And I think you're getting ready to do Ogres as a three-issue arc. And I remember telling you, I'm like, my outside perspective looking in was like, you're killing it on these three-issue story arcs. Can you take the big story and break it into three separate three-issue arcs? And... Because I'm a fan of Bob, that's how I kind of looked at his work, and I was honored to be able to have that conversation with him. I remember that conversation vividly because to get to riff with someone who I liked so much,
0: right, but
2: right. again, a high tide raises all boats, which is the long way to that quote, Bob. Oh, you know, it's like, right,
0: right, right You know,
2: right. if Bob's doing well, SourcePoint's doing
0: well. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to do better.
0: Family prospers, right? Wonderful, right? It all works uh, out. Bob, to your point earlier, I would just like to say, uh, Sean Daly is one of the most underrated writers out there today. A lot of people are very familiar with Sean Daly because of his incredible artwork, his very unique original artwork. It stands out. Um, but kids, I'm telling you out there, if if you get a chance to read some Sean Daly work. It's incredibly touching. Um, it's kind of like the man himself. I would highly recommend everybody gets a copy of Tara Quill. Uh, Terra Quill is available from SourcePoint. I don't know what the present status is, if it's in on the footage. site or whatever, but seriously, have you ever had a chance to read that one, Dirk? Yes. Yeah. Tara. The one that you were pushing early on, yeah.
2: Sean, Sean is one of those guys that at some point I want to work with him on something, but like a lot of artists whose work I admire, I don't want to work with them to work with them it's not like a notch on right. the belt type of thing or notch on the bedpost where i want to work with sean on a project that really would allow us both to
0: flourish to shine close. to flourish yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay uh uh hannah again Drina. so other than broken gargoyles and haunted high-ons what other titles are you working on
1: go on shine girl Come on
3: I'm doing "Beholden" with Bob and Becca.
1: No, oh, come on. No, there's
3: some I can <laughs> talk about Bob. Not, not that your past.
0: Yeah, what you can tell us about? What have you worked on in the past?
3: Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm doing like "Call Ravens Home." I'm doing. You met Aaron Keepers in Chicago.
0: Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful <laughs> human. Right
1: yeah.
3: Goals for Actually, me. Yeah, so
1: to interrupt you, "Beholden." jay clark introduced me to becca oh really at, uh, we, were at, we were or in or we were fan in X- toronto it was fan expo though i think you it know it's a canadian
0: expo. you
2: know it's a canadian thing bob right don't well, play I remember we
0: were we were standing <laughs> there we were standing there i hope becca's watching we were standing there and uh i remember you were standing to my left uh in your arms crossed pose if anybody doesn't know this is bob at a comic-con a lot of the it's time, right? Like- Absolutely. You're, you're, you're often my thumbs like, out. Comfy. Well, maybe not the <laughs> thumbs, but either way, you got your arms crossed. You're kind of just watching, and you'll talk to me over your shoulder. And you turned, and you're like, I, I mistook you at, at, at first, because you were like, so introduce me to some girls. And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And you're like, some female creators. There's like a bunch here. And he's right. There, there's a bunch here. Oh, so, the Becca is in the is in the comments too. I don't. I don't think I down like there? This I gotta catch game. up. Now it's representing me right now. No, it no, and uh, so never plain M and M's, always peanut M and M's. What's wrong with you people? Um, or the mint, the mint M and M's that are not crunchy. I haven't That's tried true. those ones yet. And I'm falling behind on all the comments here. Uh, okay So what were we just, uh, saying? Let's just, yeah, let's talk about Bob, Bob was like this Oh yeah, yeah so I'm he says, who's the girl? girl? So I took him around yeah. I took him around and, uh Introduced him to a few females Who, do you remember the others? Because I did, I introduced you to like like Two or three, three or four uh, Female creators in so uh, uh, Rossi Oh
1: no, yeah, Rossi, Rossi Gifford um, Yeah, I actually was talking to her Uh, this last week Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. Um, we went over and talked to Sweeney
0: Boo. That's right, Sweeney Boo, of course. Uh, yep. Yeah, because just I, after, or she had just started on uh, Marvel, Girl. Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel. Yeah, Ms. was it Miss Marvel? Miss Marvel, yeah. Yeah,
1: which was super and, uh, and then you introduced me to Becca. And yeah, I bought her book, and that night I went home and I read it, and I liked, I liked her voice. I liked, um her creativity, and then I think the next day, the next night, you had your little party at the bar, at the pub, and, and she and I had... talked more and more, and uh, we decided, I, you know, I, I convinced her to come on and co-write a, a, a Supernatural book with me, that and Drina that's... is editing.
2: And well, so yeah. What else are you editing, Drina? What, what other uh, projects do you have uh, coming up? We'll see how many of uh, mine you can remember.
3: Oh my gosh, yours? Um... Am I allowed to talk about the one that
2: not or, the one from not 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 the top that,
3: from not so the not, not the meeting secrets. breaks
0: so many secrets?
3: Not the one from last night. Or what about the one from that okay? Revolume five, Haunted High Huns Volume Two. I'm in trouble. Uh right or wrong volume two.
0: <laughs> How do you, you
3: okay, Hope so volume let's, two?
0: Let's Hope talk about two. that for a sec. Hold on. You're if you're editing right or wrong volume two which is mainly prose
3: prose yes writer
2: or
0: wronger is this your first venture into that yeah. uh, no okay yeah. so and it, that a must comic, be a com- <laughs> is that more of a well, i guess that's a more focused intense editing yeah. process no you have to really it go is. through every word a sentence with a fine-tooth comb
3: right? i mean he just goes on and on and on and on <laughs> <laughs> It's,
0: it's true. I actually have
2: two editors on this book. Leah Letterman, who edited Right Around Volume One, and Drina Joe are both editing the book.
0: Because uh, there's so the much meat. There's so <laughs> much meat to get through. Well, no, to edit Dirk.
2: Yeah, two on this one. On this one, it takes two. No, um, because it's a very personal book, and Leah and Drina come at things from a very different perspective. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have read right or wrong volume one, you know, know what the book is and it's about helping writers create comics. But this book is now about now that you have a comic in your hand, now that you've made a comic, what do you do with it? How do you do conventions? How do you approach uh, editors or publishers and, and things like that and deal with social, but all this stuff. So I wanted to, good editors with very strong personalities and a and little bit different approaches to both look at it to kind of really help suss it apart and tear it apart. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably be the first book I've ever written that I actually even do a beta reader or two yeah. on as well. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah, it's going to be my pipe bomb book. I mean, just point blank. It's right or wrong two has been a long time coming. So it's not that is not capable. It's not that Leah Letterman's not capable, but I wanted that, that synergy from two different very strong editors looking at it different ways and
3: now you needed
2: of, it Yeah, as, as Hannah because says if you
0: got pretty pretty a nickel pretty pretty per good. word you'd be millionaires from Dirk and <sighs> Pat adds you were the one that put a nickel now you just have to wait for the ride to end Dirk, hashtag Dirk talks a lot I don't know where he's going with that no, you, did that. Um, uh, you did that where's Pat at where is oh. Pat? Where is Pat at? Where's everybody at? Man, this sucks. Sorry. <laughs> that was your moment of COVID sucks for this episode. I've, oh, seen, I I've been feeling that the podcast. I'm like, we're all right here no, like- for every it seems like every episode lately, I just have one moment where it hits me because something comes we up and I think about we can't fucking see each other. It happens every yeah. episode and it just makes me like fuck. And this hey, when- is I, 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 I miss you. I have my I kids a to watch
1: it. tonight, so it's hard
0: for me especially because oh I'm sorry is is is, is,
1: is little Bob Sally the, <laughs> the eighth running around behind you there staying up late tonight to watch Daddy on the tube yeah
0: <laughs> um it's harder for me too and I don't mind being sucky about it but I don't see that border opening
1: for a very very long time well, and the fact that we're now well, most fishing. canadians aren't most canadians happy about that yeah 87
0: <laughs> percent of canadians you guys have want been
1: border. wishing that that border would be closed for years now you got what you wanted well the thing is like
2: what hit me jay was the fact that we're truly not going to have any conventions probably till 2021 right that's what that's I had the look on my face that, that Drina has right now. Just like someone let the air out of it, like, like, oh, you know, Just that, that, that we're, you know what, we're not going to see each other in mass until 2021. That's fan
0: expo is planning to attempt something in November. Um, and they have flat out said, we're trying to put this together. We don't know if it's going to work. Don't get too excited. It's one of those type situations, right? Are you asking
1: a Canadian not to get too excited.
0: <laughs> it's, they, they want to try and do some sort of really exclusive little event where everything is socially distanced, but they also understand the demand might be so high that you know, it would be a very, very exclusive event, right? So we're getting to the point, I think we're at 100 people can gather right now um so i don't know if i, I you know that's I'm not good. exactly you know a hundred people a comic-con doesn't necessarily make but we're we're at least you know we're on on the right to trajectory to maybe if i can having something every single future. one of
1: those people though i it's, i did a better weekend than i've ever done <laughs> this is thank you Trina. That's like wow wow so so I'm going
0: to throw it out to you folks now, um, having wanted to kind of put this together, because a lot of this was, uh, you know, personal you know, outlooks on this process. But coming into this episode, was there anything I feel like there might have been on your minds, uh, very specific that you wanted to get across about editing to the people or for the people? Or are, you, we, are we just stressing the importance of using it?
1: Uh, uh, I think uh, it's I'll just say. the importance of using it. And I, 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 we, we talked about in the beginning where, you know, when I first started off, like, I had my artist do the lettering because I didn't realize the importance of hiring a professional letterer. Uh, so I think when you're starting off, uh, unless you have somebody telling you what to do, and, you know, then you don't know what to do. And... You don't realize that, you know, a good letterer is, going, like, is just as important as good art or good colorist. So I think it's just a stumbling over your feet type process where, you know, you're going to like, like the, the old, like the cliche is you have to fail, fail, fail until you can actually become good at something. So I think we're sitting here saying like, even if you can't find an editor, understand that you need one. Right. You know, like you're, you're not. And doesn't it in a
0: way give you the freedom to know that while you're dumping out those words in the very rough draft, when you're just getting that shit out to get it started, that someone is going to be there to clean it up? Like, do you? It's, it does give good you, feeling, a bit, yeah, like, it you a feeling, actually. Like, is it a freeing power, feeling of knowing, no matter how much barrier, I dump out,
1: it'll, yeah, yeah. It's a good feeling to know, like where you're like. I'm not afraid. I think when you first start writing, you're it takes you a long time to write because you're like, I'm afraid I'm making a mistake here, right?
0: Which can be cut out later, right? Perfect
1: on the first draft, and then once you get an art, like once you get an editor, you're like, I can write whatever I want, and you know, like I call it the mind dump. You just dump all your like shit out, and then you're the first editor, and you go through it, and then when you finally have what you think you want to pass on to somebody. They're going to go through it. And you're at that point, you're not, you know that it's, they're not going to come back and be like, you hit it. That's perfect. Like, But you're, you you're know talking. that it's going to come back and you're like, you know that you're going to have work to do. And if you're of sound mind and you want to improve on your craft, you want that back and you're going to take it. And the next book, you're going to remember what was edited on the book before. And you're not going to make those mistakes constantly. You're going to improve on your craft. But the thing is, Bob, you're
2: talking about a level of not only professional maturity, that emotional maturity that a lot of people have to get to, and that confidence to be able to say, okay, I'm doing the absolute best that I can on this, but now I need to take it to a black belt. Now I need to take it up a level and things like that, you know, yeah. and, and it's so important a lot of people aren't there, which is why, and again, I'll, I'll own this too, you know, part of the reason I didn't have an early on is because there weren't people out there, but I could have gone to the college writing lab and paid some kid 10, 20 bucks or something just to proofread the stuff. Or the other thing that people fall into is I think a lot of young creators, young in trajectory, young in experience, take their books to people who they know will like it.
1: People are going to say, this is great. The,
2: the, confirmation, yep, the confirmation bias. And you...
1: You don't
0: need
2: to. Yes, Drina yes. made a comment earlier that was interesting to me about how if there's a mistake in the book that it falls, she feels it falls on the editor, and I don't feel that's true at all. I feel it falls solely on the the writer, um,
1: because you know, I totally blame Drina for anything that comes through that shit. Well, like, right, I mean, right, right. Editor,
2: <laughs> right. You she she could
1: have you know, caught
2: that. <laughs> well, no, but you know, but, but it's an, but it, see, but that's an interesting point <laughs> because. I've been in a position on books where I gave too much control to an editor and just let them look over it. I had this happen with a, a source point book. I had this whole happened with hope that the original editor, um, I deferred to the original editor to do everything. And I didn't look at it after she looked at it. And we actually had, to, I had to hire Andrea and Joe to, to clean up the, the graphic novel, the collected edition, because I didn't put finalize on it. I'm like, okay, cool. like. <laughs> Hey, it is what it is. And I'm not again things happen. Things happen. How that's on me. That's not on that's not on the original editor. That's on that's not on Travis. That's on me because it's my book. I wrote it. I should have been on the ball on that, and I wasn't.
0: I agree with Bob. It's all Drina's fault. (laughs) I think I think it comes down. I think the editor is like the the final gatekeeper, no, of letting it through. Um uh, she saved my ass I, on Hope. So
3: wait, it I mean. was not my fault what happened there. I fixed it.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, how she imp- came in and she came in and cleaned up the trade paperback edition of Hope. So we actually says like collected a uh, collected edition editor.
0: Oh, nice. More credits. Yeah. Um, right. how important is it for you to or an editor to care about, or to like the story, I guess, and like the art, like. Can you be biased enough that even if it's not your cup of tea, like not your genre or, you know, not your, your bag, whatever, you know, the theme of the story is, are you still able to edit with quality just purely through the process of it? No, no, you have to, you have to to (laughs) dig it, right?
3: I do, but you know, there's, we have so many editors now at SourcePoint that we can say, you know, this may not be for me, but you know, I know Casey's an excellent editor and Tracy Canova. Is that how you say her last name? Kanapka.
0: Knapka Cana- or Kanapka. 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 He's fantastic. Right.
3: Travis is I mean, you know, he's king. Travis
0: so, is seven out of ten. Oh, he's I love the bullpen. I love the editing bullpen that uh Source Point has built and you know it's and It also comes down, of course, to Travis and Josh and the higher-ups understanding the importance of the editing process and not really allowing anybody to not ever have an editor, you know? And uh, I just want to, as we're getting and winding down here, uh, send a huge shout-out, because I've said this the past few episodes, but again, because we're on the subject, uh, a huge congratulations to Allison O'Toole and the team after I don't know if you're all familiar with this comic book by Jason Liu and Chip Zdarsky uh, Mm. and a few other fine uh, Torontonian folks. Uh, This comic book just won the Eisner Award for Best Digital Comic Book, edited by Miss Allison O'Toole, editor of Cirrus by Casey Pierce and JJ Cott, presented by SourcePoint Press. So just working with the right people and building that, that standard, I think, is going to be really, really important to the future of where we're going to be with all these you know, these indie publishing houses that I think are going to kind of come out of the woodworks. So just the quality of editors right from the start that SourcePoint has associated themselves with, uh, it, it's been a brilliant bit of foresight by Travis and the gang in my mind. Would you all agree?
1: Oh
2: God. Yeah. Absolutely. Anybody that's not paying attention to all the moves the source point is making is not paying attention.
0: Right. Period. So kids uh, get an editor, right? Like just do it. Um, and even I think if, if you're giving a new editor a shot, you know, if you're helping them learn their process, it's all very important for everybody to learn. And that's what I was kind of trying to say earlier I I think a lot, I don't know how maybe you can, you know, attest to this or not, Drina, but I have a feeling like editors are probably the most approached and pitched to people in the game, right? Like, Like even beyond the publishers, I feel like you editors at this point right now must have a lot of work flying your way. Am I wrong?
3: I'm overwhelmed, I'll be honest. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Like I'm on there's only
0: only a certain amount of you, really, and everybody needs one. Like how much can you do at once? And like you say, you want to care and be focused and put your most into the project you're working on too, right?
3: No, no, there I mean I'm I'm giving everyone equal time for sure. Right. You know.
2: There's a there's a great question, the comments about this that I just saw that Austin actually mentioned. So I'm really curious of the answer to this, Drina. It says, Drina, how do you find and amplify the voices of different creators? Because like you said, you're working on 14 different books. How do you amplify my voice versus Bob's voice versus Garrett? I mean, those are three known quantities. I mean, how do you...
3: How? (laughs) I I think if you pick up a book by Garrett, you know it's a Garrett book. You, You should at this point know what you're getting into when you pick up a Garrett book. And for me with with Garrett he just he we have our own language together like it's all (laughs) dude bro come on I mean like I'll literally just write come on and he'll go bro and I'll go dude and he'll go okay and he knows exactly what I said to him I know exactly what he's wanted it's so smooth he's very smooth Bob is you know he has this broken gargoyle is can I just say you did something crazy beautiful, Bob. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Crazy. yeah. And I'm so proud to be on it. Like, I'm just so happy to be on it. And I always worry, like... Well, me I get too. A it's
1: late- not just me, it's you. Like, it's, it's the whole team. It's, I, there's okay. no way that one person could take credit for anything in the comics. I mean, so yeah. I, I love you that, like, you've been on this and you've been taking care of me. Where, you know, Sean took care of me in Ogres. And then I get to a different part of my life where COVID hits, and I'm like, I'm gonna have all this time to work on this. And then you're like sitting there eating ice cream, you know, just watching reruns of shit. And Dreena's like, Where are these pages? And you're like, Ah, right, right, right. I'll, I'll get to all this. weekend. she's like, was- Where are these pages? <laughs> and so it is like, she's, she's been helpful to me, and she's been a great inspiration to me to be like, get up and do the work. And right. this has been like, I'm not some, I'm like a kid. I'm like a, you know, first grader. When I mean, you'd like, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna distance learn, you're gonna work from home. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Uh, you know, I need to be, I need to have that teacher, that editor now being
3: like, get to work. Well, Bob and Dirk are really, both really good about, you know, equal praise too with, the line, the uh, penciler, the inker, the color, the letter, everyone is equal. Yeah, And
0: well there's it, this, there was this major shift it seemed in the past couple of years of, it's always been obviously the writer and the artist, they kind of take center stage and then there's this team behind them that's always been looked at as sort of a support structure. But now that is going away and people are realizing that how much of a team you know this sport is like it's 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 crazy how important you know a a well-gelled machine you know the cogs run a lot better right and i think people are starting to really look at comic making as way more of a team sport than they used to right i think so yeah and people realize uh every little step is important kids uh there you go uh, that was a fun conversation. We'll probably have many more of them. The cool thing about the three people that you see here is they're involved in an organization called SourcePoint Press. Uh, and the cool thing about SourcePoint Press is that we're approachable. So if you ever have any questions, if you just you know want tips or, about editing people, or writing, already. no, everybody in the family <laughs> is wonderful for the fact right, right, right. that He's not approachable. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to speak Travis, to this. Travis,
2: not approachable. <laughs> not unless you're holding a cupcake.
1: <laughs> you're, I uh, think- you're all mean. You're mean people. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at one point, Travis and I were walking on the street, and he took a very large chocolate chip cookie out of his beard and started <laughs> eating it. And it was just like, and, like and he asked me if I wanted one. And I thought he was going to pull
0: I saw a dude do that with a dude once. It was, it was good times but uh, for the people really starting out and the people who really have no idea which direction to go reach out to any of these people just hit them up online you know send them a comment or a message and I know they'll all be happy to help uh, even over here uh, it has become more of a known thing I would do my best to point uh, certain people in editorial directions uh, because it's uh, you know it's it's important. We can't say it enough. Do it.
3: If fill out your team. Your
0: yeah, hey. fill out your team. You're not as good as you think. Yeah, a lot of that working. shit somebody needs to go. Better. Right? Um, yeah. But guys... Someone,
2: someone said in the comments, iron sh- sharpens iron, you know, when right. to it.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: I just want to
3: know when Jay is going to write his comic.
0: Okay, we're going to talk in a second. We're going to talk in a second. <laughs> Jay, let's
1: get... Yeah, He's Let's like Trina, I'm gonna hire video. you in a second. I'm your fifteenth. Yeah, yeah. He's number fifteen. You can to try paying you in loonies, though. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. Loonies and
0: toonies coming your way. All right, uh, I'll be here and Dirk, I'll give Be a Caesar. <laughs> don't, don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Um, where can the people find you all online? Shout it out. Shout it out. Dirk, go first. Where are you online? Dirkmanning.com, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter,
2: etc. At Dirk Manning. Look for the guy that looks like this and you'll find me.
0: Nice. Miss Trina Joe. where can the people find you?
2: Unless
3: you don't
0: want them to, we don't have to talk about
3: it. Trina Joe, I'm easy. Easy to find. 56 (laughs) East Street.
0: (laughs) Um, And I believe everything for you is just Bob Sally. Bob Sally, yeah. Sally, which, which one are you the second or third? Is your kid the fourth? No, or fifth we, all,
1: we all have different middle names. So, oh, no, so you, uh, is that how you get away with not using That's how you get away not being that's a, a dude. cheat. That's so a how cheat. many Bob's. Are, how many Bob Sally's are there despite the middle? Name? There, uh, there was four. My grandfather has passed away, and now there's three. Wow. There's, uh, my father is Robert Edward. I'm Robert George, and my son is Robert James.
0: Oh, it's kind of sweet. That, you know How like, all your middle names are the names of kings I love it. <laughs> right? love uh, Ladies and gentlemen That's all we're going to have This week On an elegant weapon, <laughs> that an elegant weapon. Stay safe Let
3: them all. You. Wait,
0: We're not dancing out not You can right. dance out I'm just I'm dancing Bob dancing <laughs> Where the fuck is Bob going <laughs> Whatever man screw, oh, you, Bob, screw you Bob Sally Bob time you're coming on this goddamn show what the hell man <laughs> all right take it easy
3: kids